Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. To do his work, everybody say work, and build up the church, the body of Christ, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That literally means looking eyeball to eyeball in the face of Jesus Christ in terms of spiritual development and maturity. Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Think about that, even the first century there was false doctrine that tried to infiltrate the church. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Everybody say the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy growing and full of love everybody said amen. amen from these few verses I would ask the Lord to help me to preach a message I would like to entitle today how the church works we're going to go inside we're going to be insiders today and we're going to figure out how the church works. And everybody's going to help me preach by saying amen at least one time. Maybe seated. Amen. And some of you got your amen already out there, but I could use one or two more. Amen. <laughs> amen. How the church works. Are you interested in learning how the church works? There's a certain way it works. And there's ways that it won't work. But in a certain way, the church is sort of like an enterprise. Think about it. We have a name. In fact, we have two names. We do business as the Life Church. But our incorporated name is First United Pentecostal Church Incorporated of Kansas City. But that's sort of hard to tell people where you go to church. First United Pentecostal Church Incorporated of Kansas City. It's just a lot easier to say the Life Church. And I hope we live up to our name at the Life Church. If, if you got life in the name of your church, you better have life. Huh? There better be something moving. Is anything moving here today? Is anything activated here today? Can you feel the life of the Life Church today? And not only do we have a name, but we are incorporated in the state of Missouri. We register every year and we have articles of faith and we have bylaws that we follow. We are held by the law to follow our bylaws. Here at the Light Church, we enjoy a $10 million plus campus. We didn't pay that for it. We only paid half of that. But in the 16 years that we've been here, it's doubled in value according to our contractor. He just told me that yesterday. If we were to build this building again today, it would be between 10 and $12 million. And we thank God for his blessing. We have 83 acres and all the hunters said amen. So imagine my surprise this time last year as I was driving out of the parking lot and I saw an arrow stuck in the side of the church building right out here. I thought, what in the world? 
I knew who was up here, so I sent him a picture and a text. He said, oh, so that's where that arrow went. <laughs> Don't worry, it was 20 feet high on the building. It wouldn't have hurt anybody, but dear Lord, it sort of makes me look around now and be extra careful. With the completion of our children's wing, we now have 50,000 square feet, almost finished and under roof. We enjoy a 700-seat sanctuary. We have offices, classrooms, event center, soon-to-be-complete children's educational and worship center. So we are set up for business. We maintain up-to-date financial documents and profit and loss statements and balance sheets and cash flow ledgers. And we have the eyeballs of a CPA that examines our books on a regular basis we are an enterprise. We have qualified members who meet the qualifications of our bylaws for membership of the Life Church. And beyond that, we perhaps have a thousand people in town who call the Life Church their church. And we have a mission given to us by our CEO. Yes, we have a CEO, and it's not me, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our chief executive officer, and uh, we've adopted his purpose statement when he said, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them. And so our purpose statement at the Life Church is obeying the command of Jesus Christ to go baptize and make disciples of all nations. Are we on that mission today? Come on, are we still on that mission? Yes, we are. And by the way, speaking of mission and missionaries, one of our resident missionaries, our prayer and Bible study missionary, Carl Wirth, is back from the island of Crete, where he's been suffering for the Lord, waiting on hand and foot by Filipinos who are feeding him. And no, no, no. Listen, he has been working and teaching Bible studies, and he came back to be uh, with his family for a a family situation and God is taking care of that and did a miracle and we thank God for that. But do you appreciate Carl Worth and the work that he's doing around the world? Amen. Praise God. So the Life Church is an enterprise and we're, we're not selling anything, but as close to a sale that we make at the Life Church is when we baptize. That's as close to a sale is when we baptize somebody. And there's a young lady here today who wants to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of her sins. Praise God. We thank the Lord for that. And we do have a product. We really do. It's all of us. We are the product. We are the fruit of the life church. We are disciples are the fruit of the Life Church. So you might say that the Life Church is a Kansas City enterprise, and we are open today. Chick-fil-A is closed, but we are open today. <laughs> we are at work today. Come on, somebody say, we're at work. Did you punch in when you came today? Did you clock in? Amen, we're at work. The church is working right now. Praise God. Come on, I'm saying this church is activated right now. Right now we are working. Right now our prayers are working. Right now the worship of Jesus Christ is working. Come on, we're at work right now. We're not just sitting here. We're not playing tiddlywinks. We're at work. Praise God. Our faith is at work right now. Our consecration is at work. Listen, let me tell you, if you're new to the Life Church, we, this is not a country club. This, this is not like belonging to Costco. But when we're a part of the Life Church, when we leave here, we live godly lives. When we leave here, we live sanctified lives. We're not perfect, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. But let me just tell you something. 
The people that call the Life Church their church, they really are serious about it. And they have repented of their sins. And they put the world behind them and the cross of Jesus Christ before them. Amen. We don't cuss. We don't drink. We don't do drugs. We don't swing. We don't get into the porn. And if we have any of these battles, it's not the expectation of the Life Church to just stay in the world and come to church. But we believe the word of God that says come out of the world and be separate and touch not the unclean thing and get the foolishness out of your life and serve the Lord. The church works. Our love for God is working right now. Somebody just let his love out of you right now. Just like, mm, just, come on. Come on, I feel the love of God here today. I feel the love of Jesus Christ here today. Come on. The Bible, Jesus said by this, they'll know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another. Would you love somebody right now? Would you just wave at somebody right now? Would you smile? Go like this to somebody. Go over here. Amen. To our, to our, uh, our sign language. Everybody give them a, I love you right there. Praise God. That's the only thing I know in sign language. Oh, and I know this too. That's Jesus. And when we hosted the sign conference about five years ago, a deaf speaker was preaching. I can't believe I'm going to tell this. He was preaching behind, behind this pulpit. And he said, he was, he's, he's, his wife, is, uh, she can speak and he can't, so he's mute. And he's, she's interpreting his message. And he says, if some of you will start paying your tithes, and she's... You know, he's going like this. And he's using emphasis. And if you'll start paying your tithes, he said, some of you will have enough money to buy deodorant. <laughs> so I know three things. I know this, I know this, and I know one more. Come on, but do we love each other at the Life Church? Are we pulling for each other? Come on. Come on, feel the love. We're working. We're working. I hope the preaching is working right now. I'm off to a slow start, but amen. It's working because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when we preach, conviction is working. Have you ever been in this house and felt conviction? Have you ever wanted to change something? Have you ever wanted to get rid of something and stop something and, and move on up into something better? Conviction. Praise God. Amen. Look here. Here's Brandon. Here's my Stand up, Brandon. That's my special needs young man. Every once in a while, something connects. Thank God for Brandon. Do you like this preaching, Brandon? Give me a good. There he goes. He likes it. It's working. Brandon's so precious. And our obedience is working. And we've been continuously operating as an enterprise since December of 1955. In all these years, I am only the fourth pastor to serve this congregation. And the Life Church is open for business today. And we are open 24 7, 365. And our business is the people business. We are in the people business. We are partnering with Jesus Christ, who is in the redemption business. If you cut any page in this Bible, it will bleed the red blood of Jesus. The Bible is God's story, and God's story is the story of redemption. And so we are in the people business. And the people business is God's business. And God's business is the redemption business. And if there are any guests here today, the guests that are here today, you are our customers. And if there are any disciples here today, you are our clients. And we are working with you and advising you and, and helping you to, to mature and to become what, what God wants you to be. And, and I hope that we can appreciate what we have here at the Life Church. Amen. 
I hope that we can appreciate what we have here at the Life Church. I'm just going to tell you, I'm not against any other church. I celebrate all the other churches, particularly the churches of our faith and in our denomination. And I'm applauding and I'm clapping and I'm cheering. But there's not a finer apostolic church in any three-county area in this metro. I know. I've been around. I listen. I pay attention. Amen. I hope that we appreciate what we have here at the Life Church. This is not a perfect church, but if you find that church, don't join it because you'll ruin everything. Amen. But let's appreciate what we have at the Life Church. We have ushers and greeters. Wave your hand, Brother Gary, back there. We have the finest ushering staff. We have a worship team. Raise your hand, Dr. Larmy, over here in our praise team. Are you thankful? Amen. This is the church at work. We have some of the finest preachers and teachers in this church in the whole county. We have the friendliest church in town. We have a delightful nursery staff. We have children's ministry, Greg and Amber Croker. Croca. We have student ministry, Pastor Caleb. We have connect groups, Byron and Reagan. We have celebrate recovery, Paul and Kim. We have, amen, men's ministry, Travis, and ladies ministry, Marlene, and Spanish ministry, Vanita. And God is using all of this and everything else that we're doing to try to build up the body of Christ. We're blessed today, and the church is at work. We're working. We're working. We're at work today. Maybe we have changed some of our methods, but we have not changed our mission. We may have changed our location 16 years ago, but we have not changed our message. We may have changed our name 20 years ago, but we have not changed our product. We are getting people ready for the coming of the Lord. And I want to be ready. Jesus is coming. I said Jesus is coming and I want to be ready. Praise God. And I'm going to tell you something. People actually get saved at the Life Church. People actually get saved here. Let me tell you why I know that. Because they obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'd like to shake your hand and tell you you're saved, but I don't have authority to do that. I'd like for you to fill out a guest card and tell you that you're saved, but I don't have authority to do that. I'd like to put you on the church membership roll and tell you you're saved, but I don't have authority to do that because it's not my church. And I didn't suffer and bleed and die for the church. Amen. There's a man named Jesus who shed his blood. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He's the only one that has the right to say whether somebody's saved or not. And we are saved or lost by virtue of our obedience to his gospel. Amen. And the one that Jesus, the founder of the church, gave the keys to the kingdom to Peter on the day of Pentecost preached this gospel and this gospel has not changed one iota at this church in 2,000 years in fact I'm going to tell you I a few minutes ago I felt like we were in an authentic first century church setting it just sort of came to me Jesus is here and Jesus has come out of the ink and the pages of the Bible today and he's here to save you and he's here to heal you and he's here to deliver you and that message that Peter preached is repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all who are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call that is the gospel Paul said if we are an angel from heaven preach any other gospel let him be accursed Amen. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is above us all and in us all and through us all. Praise God. Everybody say, the church works. The gospel we preach works. It still works. The power of God that we have with God works Jesus said these signs shall follow them that believe in my name 
They will cast out devils. They will lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. And brother, when Brother Stone King quotes this verse about uh, if they take up serpents, he says, accidentally. <laughs> we don't tempt the Lord by taking up snakes. That's a false doctrine. That means if in the line of ministry, if in the line of the work of the church, you are, you are challenged by some act of nature that could threaten your life like a snake, that uh, it would not harm you. Sort of like when Paul was on the island and he was making a fire and the venomous snake reached out and, and clamped onto his arm and he just shook it off in the fire. And the natives were waiting for him to, to just keel over. But when he didn't, they called him a God. And he said, no, I'm not a God, but I'm bringing that God to you and his name is Jesus. And the, and the island was, uh, uh, became believers. And we thank the Lord for that. But I want you to know today that the power of God works. And uh, Pastor Nathan and I agreed before the service today that there would be three notable miracles in this house today. And I believe they've already happened. And I don't know who they are, but we need to know who they are. You need to celebrate. We want to testify. Brother Nathan said, if something's changed in your body, then we thank God for it. You might need to go back to the doctor. But I'm going to tell you something. You ought to be able to, to believe that when I come to church today and I've got something going on in my head or in my body or in my spirit or in my mind, I can be delivered. I can lay it down. I can walk out without it. I walk in with it, but I walk out without it. I want to go to a church like that. I don't want to go to a church where I just keep coming and going and nothing ever changes and nothing ever happens. Did you know that in the Old Testament tabernacle plan, there was four doors, a north, south, east, and west door in Solomon's temple? And the Bible says, if you come in the north gate... Don't go back out the north gate. Go out the south gate. If you come in the west gate, don't go back out the west gate. Go out the east gate and vice versa. That's my theology today. That's my permission to say, if you come in this house in one condition, you don't have to leave in that same condition. If you come in the north door of discouragement, you can leave in the south door of encouragement. If you come through the east door of being a sinner, you can leave through the west door, amen, of being sanctified, saint of God, and born again of the water and the spirit, amen. If you come through the north door of demon possession, you can leave through the south door of deliverance because we believe in the power of the name of Jesus. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and shout unto God. Hallelujah. Yeah, the church works. The gospel works. The power works. The structure we have works. We have a structure. This is not a loosey-goosey, namby-pamby, shilly-shally. That's what my dad used to say. Sort of a thrown-together thing. No, we have a structure. We believe in spiritual authority. We believe in the fivefold ministry, which is the leadership gift of the church. That's what Paul said. I believe in spiritual authority. I really do. Not because I'm in spiritual authority or have spiritual authority, but I believe in it because I've always believed in it. And I'm under it today. I'm under authority. I'm not some loose cannon out there shooting my mouth off and doing my own thing and not accountable to anybody. Listen, we all do better when we have accountability. I'm accountable to the queen. Let me tell you something. When you're married to a prophetess, you can't get away with anything. (laughs) 
You know, let me just say this. Jesus went to church. Jesus went to church. God manifested in flesh. The Bible said he went to the synagogue as was his custom. Think about that. Think about that. You know, it's tough enough for me to come to church because I know all your stuff. But God's blessed me with a good eraser. I have people come up to me once in a while. Pastor, you remember 10 years ago? No, sorry. I just had that happen this week. I'm sorry. God blessed me with that good forgetter. But Jesus went to church. Was that a burden? Yeah, because he's omniscient. He knows everything. And he still goes to church. When he met that woman at the well, he said, woman, go call your husband. It was a setup. He's operating in knowledge. She says, I don't have any husband. He said, that's correct, ma'am. Because you've had five husbands and the one you're with right now is not your husband. She goes, oh, I perceive you're a prophet. That was a pretty good answer. <laughs> sort of, you know, change the subject, but still on the same subject. But I mean, think about that. Jesus knew everything about everybody. He grew up in Nazareth. He knew everything in a human way, but he also knew everything in a godly way. You couldn't hide anything from Jesus. And he still went to church. He still went to church. And I'm going to tell you that you and I will never be saved without a church. We will not be saved without a pastor. We will not be saved without accountability. We will not be saved without coming under spiritual authority. And I'm going to tell you something. If Jesus still comes to church and you're still a part of the church, then I can still come to church. If Jesus still comes to church and he knows all the stuff he knows, then what's your excuse? Praise God. And I know I'm preaching to the choir right now because you're here. But I'm telling you, friend, just file this for the future. You're going to see something you don't like. You're going to hear something you don't like. You're going to be, a, you know, Observe something that maybe crosses your wires and messes with you. But I'm going to tell you something. At the end of the day, you're going to need a church. And there is no perfect church. So you better get this figured out and fix your problem and fix your issue. Because if you don't, you're going to take it down the road with you wherever you go. So we have a structure. We have a structure. And we believe in spiritual authority. That's not a power trip for me. It terrifies me. It's more than humbling. It shakes me when I realize that souls, all souls are his, but one false word, one false move. And someone's blood could be on my hands. That's why I keep looking to Jesus. It's his church. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody's coming under Christ right now. Come under Christ. Come under Jesus Christ. Don't let me get in your way. Don't let some knucklehead in this church that's poor in obedience get in your way. Come on. Jesus said the poor are always going to be there. There's always going to be people with poor attitude, poor obedience, poor examples. But don't let it stop you because somewhere there's a real church and there are real sanctified people. And there are people that are ready and that are watching and are looking for Jesus Christ. 
So keep coming back to Jesus. Keep coming back to the master. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I've preached it before. I'm going to preach it again. When you look at Hebrews chapter 11 and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Samson and Jephthah and all the heroes of the faith, if you look close enough, you're going to find something that might discourage you. You're going to see Abraham's uh, lie. You're going to see David's adultery. You're going to see Gideon's wimpiness. You're going to look at all these things that are, that are failures, that are blights in these people. Amen. But God said, when I see them, I look at them through the prism of Calvary. I look at them through what I did on the cross. I look at them through my shed blood and the power of my spirit. And that's why the writer of Hebrews, the very next chapter, verse one, he said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You can just glance at Abraham, but you can gaze at Jesus. Just glance at David, but you can gaze at Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. Jesus is the purchaser of the church. Acts 20, 28. Listen to this. God purchased the church with his own blood. The Bible says God God purchased the church. He didn't send somebody else to save the world. The father wasn't up in heaven with a beard and a walker and saying, well, I love that world so much. I'm going to send my son. He's healthy and strong and well. Go ahead, son. Go save the world. I love him. You go do my dirty work for me. That's not what happened. The church was purchased by God's blood. That's in your Bible. Read it. Acts 20, 28. He purchased the church with his own blood. When God was ready to save the world, he didn't send an imposter. He didn't send somebody else. He came himself to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Aren't you thankful that our Savior is God Almighty himself who wrapped himself in flesh and dwelt among us? Hallelujah. We're worshiping be the one true and living God Jesus established the church Mark 16 18 on this rock I will build my church he's still building his church today amen Jesus is in the church he said we're two or three gathered in my name there I am in the midst Jesus is operating the church Paul said, for in him we live and we move and we have our existence. Jesus is the bishop of the church, 1 Peter 2.25. Jesus is called the bishop of our souls. Jesus is the pastor. That's how I sleep at night. He's the real pastor. He's the shepherd. He's the great shepherd. I'm just the under shepherd. But he is the pastor, Hebrews 13, 20, Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. Colossians 1, 18 says, Jesus is the head of the body. <laughs> He's the head. Everybody say, Jesus is the head. Jesus, is the Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. I want to give Jesus a place. To lay his head. He's the head of the church. He's the head of the body. And because he is the head and we are members of his body, we are under his headship. We are under his authority. And I want him to have it the way he wants it. I want Jesus to have it the way he wants it. Can I tell you something? There is no greater revelation of God's name in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a doctrine going around. Some are saying that there's a more perfect pronunciation of Jesus. Yahashua, Yeheshua, Yahushua. Let me tell you something. That's false doctrine. 
And if anybody believes that, you are in false doctrine. I don't know of anybody here today that does, but if you come across it, tell them I said so. Tell them the book says so. Amen. There is no greater revelation than the name of Jesus. And, and let me tell you something. God's name, the effectiveness of his name is not predicated upon the exact pronunciation or getting the right syllable on the right emphasis. Syllable. On the right emphasis. Emphasis. This is serious and I don't need to make a joke out of it. But let me just tell you that if the apostles believed that Yahashua was God's name for the New Testament, they could have used it. But none of them did. When they wrote the word, they all used Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something, that's worth fighting for. And that's worth standing up for. And I'm not going to create any enemies here today. But I'm just telling you what Peter said in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no other saving name. I'm going to tell you, you won't be able to cast out a devil in any other name but the name of Jesus. You try casting out a devil in the name of Yahashua. It won't happen. But when you say the name of Jesus, it's got to go. Because the authority is in the name. I'm preaching to you, there is no other name. Everybody all right? Amen. I bring the message to a close. Ephesians 5, 27. That he might present to himself a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, any such thing. That it should be holy and without blemish. I'm looking in the faces of some of God's finest saints. and believers in the world today. A glorious church. A glorious church. No spot, no wrinkle, no blemish. From my vantage point, it doesn't always look so glorious, but Paul is speaking prophetically of that day when redeemed we shall stand at the throne of God <laughs> he'll give us crowns and robes and because we're modest people we won't cast our robe but we'll cast our crowns <laughs> that's your reward a crown I wish I had one we're going to receive a crown. It's your reward. But everything in heaven, as it is here on earth, is given to us by God. And we're going to feel so unworthy of it, we're going to take our crowns. And we're saying worthy. That's when it's going to be a glorious church. Not very glorious right now, is it? Because of our battles, our struggles. Some of us have been trying to get some things right. We still haven't got right, but we keep coming to church. We keep trying. Listen, don't ever stop coming to church. Because you might hear a message. You might hear a Bible study. You might hear a word from somebody in the narthex or in the altar. Somebody just said something to me today that somebody spoke to him and I said, that's why we come to church. Because we hear everlasting words. Don't look too close at me. Don't scrutinize me too close. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. You might find something you don't like. No, you will. 
I'm going to tell you that if that's your thing about church scrutinizing people you'll take that with you wherever you go God bless us with Holy Ghost blinders that's why I love that song turn your eyes upon the cross turn your eyes upon Jesus I had to pray that again this morning Lord just let me get my eyes back on you I got to get my eyes on you Lord you're the mission you're the message you're the purpose Lord I find no fault in you listen folks we can look at Jesus would you stand would you stand and just lift your hands and lift up your faces right now come on just get a new glimpse of Jesus Christ go ahead lift your hands open your mouth Declare Jesus to be the only wise God. Declare him to be the perfect one. Declare him to be the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. It's a glorious church. It's a glorious church. Listen, the church is stronger and more powerful than we realize. Listen to 1 John 5, 4. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. You are overcomers. One of these days, this whole world is going to be under your feet. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. You are triumphant. Romans 8.37, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. So I was a 25-year-old pastor my first rodeo. We had a really bad, really, really bad, wasn't here, another church, a really, really bad business meeting. It crushed me. People got up and pointed fingers at other people, said angry, stupid things pointed their fingers at me I was so broken after that service I told my wife take Justin home I'll walk home it was February it was freezing I walked two blocks home tears were froze on my cheeks by the time I got there I told Marlene when I got home I said nobody's coming to church tomorrow morning that was Saturday night I said they all hate each other they hate me they hate us It'll just be you, me, and Justin. That'll be it. Imagine my surprise when I get to church and everybody's there in their sanctimony and their religiosity. They were fighting like devils 12 hours ago and looking like saints. This is pretty real, isn't it? I got to be honest. A spirit of sarcasm got a hold of me, as is wont to do once in a while. So after I got done with my message, usually we just prayed and were dismissed. This is the moment I realized how powerful the church is, and it's not my church. I said, well, just before we dismiss, is there anybody here today who has a good word for the Lord? Right here on the second row was a man that I affectionately call Pop Bridges. He was about 75. He had left another church eight years previous, hadn't been going to church anywhere. His daughter was coming to our church. Him and his wife were coming for about a year, but he never worshiped. He never clapped his hands. He didn't pray. He was motionless. He was like a statue for a year. He was not at the business meeting. When I said that, 
He was 6'3", about 325 pounds. He stood up. <laughs> the whole church was shocked. And this is exactly what he said. He said, Church, I want you to know that young man is my pastor. And if he tells me to go in that corner over there and stand on my head, I don't think I can do it, but I would kill myself trying. I would do my best. And when he lifted up his big old hands and his arms, the Holy Ghost fell on him. And he started speaking with tongues. And he got out in the front of the church and he started worshiping God. And I want you to know the Holy Ghost fell on that church. And for the next two years, we had revival and the church doubled. And it's that day I realized it's not my church, it's his church. <laughs> Something happened when he recognized how the church works. It has a pastor, and it has elders, and it has leaders, and it has ministry. And the fivefold ministry equips the saints to do the work of the ministry. So today, Let's just let the church work, okay? Let the church work right now. Let's just let the church go to work right now. Come on. We've been going to work all morning. Come on, let's go to work right now. Somebody pray. Somebody clap. Somebody shout. Somebody reach out to God. Somebody lay hand on somebody. Somebody invite somebody else to come to the altar with you. Amen. Let the church go to work. Come on. Let the church go to work. It's time to go to work right now. Go pray with somebody. Go minister to somebody. Go speak a word of encouragement to somebody. Come on, let the church go to work. That's how we work. We come to the altar when there's a message. We respond to the word of God. Somebody's going to be baptized today. Somebody gonna have their sins washed away today. Somebody can be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. That's it, come on, keep coming. Folks are coming behind you. Folks are coming behind you. That's it, go ahead. Go ahead, let the church work. Let the church work. Come on, folks are coming behind. Keep coming, don't block an aisle. Keep coming. Others want to come behind you and get up here and pray and seek God. Let's see what God will do. Come on, let's see what God will do for you. Let's see what the Lord will do for you today. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Go ahead, lay, hand, lay a hand on somebody right now. Start praying. You don't know where they are. You don't know what's going on. You may not understand what they're going through, but God does. God can pray through you right now. The Holy Ghost can pray through you right now. That's it. Come on. Let's forget our differences. Our what's will divide us, but our who will unite us. Let the church work. Oh, I wish I could get somebody to go to work right now. Come on, I wish some parent would go to work right now. Come on, go to work right now. You've got power to heal. You got power to deliver. The power of the Lord is in the church. The power of the Lord is in the church. The power of the Lord is in the church. Yes, it is. He's in the church. In the name of Jesus. That's it.
Go ahead. The power of the Lord is in the church. Take authority over sickness. Take authority over depression. Take authority over fear. Take authority over anxiety. Take authority and pray in the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on, I feel the church at work right now. That's it, let the church work. Hallelujah. Come on, go to work. Go to work, lay hand on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Pray till there's a change. Pray till there's victory. Somebody go to work. Go to work. Go to work. Let the Holy Ghost be activated in you. That's it. All over this room, all over this building. The church is working right now. The church is at work right now. God. Come on, something working right now. Oh, hallelujah. The young man just said, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. It's working. It's working. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. church goes to work when the church goes to work and the saint begin to pray hallelujah <laughs> Jesus name Jesus name Jesus name Jesus name Let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. Let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. Something happened when we clap our hands. Something that released in the church. Hallelujah. In the name, in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Bible says and great fear came on the church and by the hands of the apostles were miracles and signs and wonders amen we're going to baptize but I want us to lift our hands and say Lord restore the fear of the Lord among the church restore the fear of the Lord the fear of the Lord the fear of the Lord Lord restore the fear of the Lord that there will be miracles and signs, Lord, and mighty deeds. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, restore the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.